Welcome to the Doctrine Matters Podcast, a tool to help believers rediscover true biblical doctrine and to help them understand and live out their faith in their homes, in their churches, and in their communities. Thank you for listening to this episode. Let's get right to it. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Doctrine Matters Podcast. I thank you for tuning in, whether you are watching on YouTube here or if you are listening through some other audio platform. I want to welcome you to this episode of the podcast. Thank you for tuning in. If you are a first-time listener or first-time watcher, if you're watching on YouTube, this podcast is part of the Christian Podcast Community. It is a group of people who have podcasts that give God glory, exalt Christ, and build up the body of Christ. So if you want more content and more good episodes of podcasts to listen to, go on over to ChristianPodcastCommunity.com. You should be able to find them all right there. And as mentioned, this podcast belongs to that group of podcasts as well. So without further ado, uh, this is uh, the first time in a couple of weeks that I've been on, and, and that's because I've been out of town a little bit, and I took some equipment with me to hopefully do some podcast episodes while I was out of town, but ran off and left one very important piece of the equipment, and I could not function as I had hoped when I was out of town. Then I came back from being out of town, and just some crazy things have happened in uh, our lives and our church's life, and uh, just kind of been crazy over the past couple of weeks. So nevertheless, I'm back here today and just wanted to share with you some things that are on my mind, on my heart, and that is the idea and topic of marriage. I am going to give you a brief session of marital counseling here on this episode of the podcast. Now, let me just say this. If you have stumbled upon this video or this podcast in some way, shape, or form, and you are not a believer in Christ, let me just tell you that any marital counseling that I give or any marital advice that I give is going to come from a biblical worldview. It is not going to come from anything other than the biblical worldview that we find in the scriptures alone. So uh, just fair warning, if you have stumbled across and you're not a believer, you may uh, disagree with a lot of what I'm about to say. But I bet you, if you are an unbeliever, there are a lot of things that you will agree with me on, especially when we talk about the context of marriage. Now, I'm married, and in July, I will have been married 18 years and that is a long time nowadays for people that are married. And because um, we just see divorce rates that are creeping up higher and higher. Now, for the longest in the secular world, the divorce rate was around 50%. And sadly, what's happened is that divorce rate has begun to creep up inside the church as well to where we are now neck and neck with the secular world of percentage of divorces, which means inside the church, there are roughly 50% of marriages ending in divorce. That's half of Christian marriages. And that is a problem. What needs to happen is we need to start having and shaping our thoughts with a biblical worldview and then inserting marriage in that biblical worldview. So let me just tell you what I mean first and foremost. When every when people gets married when people get married, everybody, it doesn't matter who you are, most people are wanting to get married, they're in love, 
They think they found the one. This is the one they want to be with forever. I mean, the birds are chirping. The sun is shining. Everything is perfect in their world. And they can't wait to marry this person that they've been dating for a little while now. And they are just so looking forward to that day. They say, I do. But the problem with this is, is I believe our society has taught us that marriages are more like fairy tales that we need our knight in shining armor, that we are awaiting our princess, that we have to find her and rescue her. And it's going to be a life that is lived happily ever after. Well, sadly, if you have that sort of worldview, that's sort of a, a Disney worldview. And that worldview is not accurate when it comes to marriage in this world, mainly because we live in what is called the already, not yet. And what that means is Jesus Christ is has come to this earth. He has paid the penalty for sin. He's established his kingdom, but yet that kingdom is not fully established. It's not fully consummated. So we're awaiting that day until Christ returns, makes all things new. Sin is done away with, evil is done away with, and then we live with him for eternity. So right now we live in this already not yet, which means that we live in a fallen, broken world. And when we think about a fallen, broken world, we have to understand and make sure that we put marriage under that heading. We live in a fallen, broken world, and marriage goes right under that heading as well, which means, and I don't want to burst your bubble, if you are uh, thinking about getting married and hoping you're going to get married, I know a brother that's getting married next Saturday, so... Uh, if you're listening to this or watching this, I don't want to bust your bubble, but your marriage, because you live in a fallen world, your marriage will be fallen and broken as well. You're not going to have the perfect fairy tale wedding. I don't care how much you love your fiance. You are not going to have that wedding that is just, just stand alone and stand out and everything's going to be roses and there's not going to be anything that's ever going to come between you two. The problem is that's what we want to think, but we have to be clear and know that our marriages are part of this broken world as well. Now, does that mean our marriages are going to be terrible, that we're going to hate our marriages, that we're going to hate our decision to get married? Absolutely not. Some people do. Some people uh, near divorce because they're so tired of things and so tired of the sin that's inside of that marriage. And some people just go all out and get divorced. Now, uh, I'm definitely not advocating divorce, and I'm definitely not advocating not getting married. But what I am saying on this episode is that we have to have a right view of marriage from the scriptures. Now, I'm reading a book right now. I just finished one book, uh, The Exemplary Husband by Stuart Scott. I highly recommend this for men that are married and uh, men that are about to get married or thinking about getting married. Uh, I'll put this in the notes. I'll put a link to it. As well, you can look in the description, The Exemplary Husband by Stuart Scott. Uh, just a wonderful book. It's a it's a pretty good read, especially if you're interested in being a godly husband uh, and being a godly husband one day if you're not already married. Now, I was also uh, recommended this book, Marriage, uh, by Paul Tripp, Paul David Tripp right there, kind of focusing in on that. I'll put this in the show notes as well. I just started it, finished chapter one. And so far, so good. But this is six gospel commitments every couple needs to make. Now, uh, I mentioned just finishing this book, The Exemplary Husband. This is a wonderful book. And right out of the gate, it tells us that in our marriages, we need to seek wisdom because 
We're not going to have necessarily those big, awful marriages that are just going to end in a, a lot of fighting and a lot of uh, frustration. But there is going to be sin within our marriages because we are two sinful people living now under the same roof. We've been separated, living our own lives for so long. Now we're going to we're going to live together. And this is uh, marriage. Let me just say is a covenant before God and with your spouse. This should be till death do you part. So this covenant that you're entering into is two sinful people living in a fallen world will now be entering into this fallen marriage. And I don't want to be doom and gloom here. There are some things that we can do to help us with this. And the first thing that I believe we need to do is make sure and know that both people in the marriage, both the husband and wife, before you ever get married, are actually Christians. Because let me just tell you something. I'm a believer. My wife is a believer, like I said, 18 years this July. And I know how hard marriage has been for two believers. Now, when you throw a believer and an unbeliever in there, I can only imagine how much more difficult that would be, especially for the believer. And the Bible tells us not to be unequally yoked, which means that we must be with people that are in Christ as well when we get married. That's just the short of it. Now, I will tell you, side note here. Uh, I have heard people, I'm in the South, so I've heard this. I've heard people use that verse and say, uh, the Bible says not to be unequally yoked. That means uh, a black person can't marry a white person or any other uh, ethnicity can't marry outside of the race. No, that is not what that means. So if you think that, if you believe that, please repent of that wrongful ideology and get to a biblical and true understanding of the word of God. Not being equally yoked means you are a believer and an unbeliever yoking together like you're yoking an ox, and 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 you just got to be careful that you understand that it's not about race; it's about not being tied to an unbeliever, right? So, first and foremost, there needs to be two believers in the marriage. Again, biblical worldview that this is coming from. Both people need to be married, and secondly, I believe it is important that we and you can start this now. Let me not let me just say this is not just for new people entering marriage. It's not just for newlyweds. This is for those of you that have been married 20 years, 40 years, 60 years, whatever the case may be. However long you've been married, you can start this today. I believe that in our marriages, we should be asking God for wisdom because we're going to need it. Remember, we're a sinner marrying another sinner. Now, these two sinners become one, and now we're bringing both of our sin into a marriage and whether that be just little sins that frustrate us or big sins that hurt us deeply. The truth is that we are sinful people coming into this relationship, and we need wisdom from God. Listen to the book of James chapter 1, verse 5. But if any of you lacks wisdom, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. You see, we have to understand that wisdom is a another gift from God that is free. All we have to do is ask for it. And if I were to take a poll right now, it, how many of you ask for wisdom from God on a daily basis? I'm willing to bet that many of you listening probably don't make that a habit in your everyday prayer life. I know that I, I overlooked that as well, but it says right here, he will give generously. So we need wisdom. So what is wisdom? Wisdom is simply knowledge applied. And where do we get that knowledge? From the Word of God. So 
the first thing we need to do, make sure we're believers. Second thing we need to do is ask God for wisdom because it's going to take wisdom. It's going to take grace and mercy and forgiveness to to cohabitate, to, to live with our spouse because they too are sinners like us and vice versa. They're going to need wisdom for us, men. And if you're a lady listening, uh, your husband needs wisdom for you and you need wisdom for him. And, and all of these things just kind of go together. You need wisdom. You need to be discerning. You need to be forgiving, have grace, have mercy, show love to your spouse. But we just simply need to begin to ask for wisdom. It's one of those things that we neglect and it's freely given to us. So once we understand that we need to ask for wisdom, this is one of the main reasons other than sin. But here's what we tend to do in our marriages. We tend to be the most selfish people. And let me tell you what I mean by that. Men, we think that our wife is, we expect her and our desire and our expectations are that she must respect me. She must please me sexually. She must do as I say. She must submit to my leadership. She needs to do this. She needs to do that. And we find ourselves being very selfish. And when this sinful person falls short, it creates a, a conflict. It creates this um, frustration within the marriage because she is not meeting our expectations. And ladies, before you think you have an out on this, you are the same way many times. You have a you have an expectation of your husband. You need him to do this. You expect him to do this. You expect him to do that. And when he falls short in that, this is not the marriage you dreamed of when you were a kid. Because Disney has put this into our head that we have to have these fairy tale um, weddings and, and the man is going to be the man of our dreams, etc. But that man will fall short and it will cause you frustration because he's not meeting your expectations. So we are selfish in our marriages and selfishness is not of God because when we are seeking things for ourselves, that means we are being an idol. We've made an idol out of ourselves and say, if this person doesn't meet my desired needs, then that person has fallen short, leads to conflict, leads to fighting. It leads to argumentative people. It leads, it spills over into the family and it's just a nasty thing. Ask me how I know, uh, please. How do you know that Stephen? Well, let me just go ahead and tell you. So I don't have to answer that. Um, I've lived it. I've done it. I've been the selfish husband that required and expected things of my wife. And when she fell short in those things that I expected, it frustrated me. It led to silly arguments and sometimes full out arguments and, and fights. And I don't mean fist fights. I mean, just verbal fights. And we were angry with each other and we didn't do what Paul says is be angry and do not sin. We were angry and sinned because we were being selfish. So we need to pray for wisdom and see that marriage is not about us. It's not about me. And, and quite frankly, if I may, it's not about your spouse. Marriage, just like anything else, is about God. It's about exalting Christ. So here's what I want you to begin to think about. You all have expectations from your spouse in your marriage, and many of those things are likely selfish. So here's what you should truly expect out of your marriage. And this is 
this actually has come from this book, which is why I really, uh, really uh, would love for you to to purchase this book. If you are a a fellow that is married, uh, this is really, really, really good. But I read this in this book, and um, I probably could have uh, put a a bookmark in here. But um, what we what we should expect from our marriages is not what our spouse can do for us or give us. What we should expect and desire in our marriages is for us personally to know Christ, to know his word, to crave his word, to serve others. That means including your spouse, putting his or her needs before your own. And yes, men, I know that sometimes it's difficult for us to serve uh, because we want things a certain way, and we've got to pull back on that. As men, we can't fix everything. We we can't have things our way. We have to do things God's way. And when we truly desire the things of God and to honor Him with our lives, it is only a natural um, chain of events that's going to cause these things to begin to filter over into the other parts of our lives, including our marriages. So when we live for the glory of God and everything, we're going to see if both spouses are doing this, this come together this is gonna this is gonna happen, and we're gonna start seeing less frustration, less less fighting, less bickering, less arguing, less bitterness in the marriage, and God is gonna bring you two closer than you've ever been because number one, you're seeking Him. I've heard it said like this before, and um, I'll show you. I guess the best I can with my hands here. Uh, that's supposed to be a triangle. So if you have husband and wife over here, and God's up here naturally, the closer you two get to God, you're going to get closer together, right? As you go up that little triangle or pyramid, whatever you want to call it, you're naturally going to get closer together. So that is kind of the idea here is that when you're living for the glory of God, when you expect God uh, to do things his word says, when you expect God to give you the wisdom that you've asked for, when you expect God to do the things that he's promised in his word and you live for his glory and you give him glory in all you do, that you are, um, that you're reading your Bible daily, that you are uh, in prayer. Prayer is a big thing. As a matter of fact, when I see prayer, um, I haven't, read this yet. I'm just going to plug a bunch of books. My wife is actually currently reading Prayer by A.W. Tozer. And uh, we talk about this book. We talk about uh, what I've read in here. And um, I would, from what I understand, when I'm going to read this and uh, when she's finished, and it sounds like it's a great book, but we need to be people of prayer. So husbands, you need to be the leader of these things in your home. You need to be leading your wife, your children. And we'll talk about that more. Uh, I'll probably do uh, another episode or two on marriage because I think marriage is one of those things that people need a lot of help on. And if you're like me, man, some of these things aren't taught before we get married. We're not taught that our marriages aren't going to be perfect. We're not really taught that our marriages are part of a fallen world, which makes our marriages broken and fallen from the get-go because we're two sinners living in the already not yet. So if I can encourage you any at all on this episode, and uh, I will definitely do another episode because there's a lot more to talk about when it comes to marriage. Uh, so I, I just briefly want to recap what we've talked about on, on this episode. Number one, if you're both of you are Christians, ensure both of you are Christians. Listen, I'm going to speak to the husbands and wives here. 
If you're a believer and your spouse is not a believer, the best thing that you can do is live at peace with them, but preach the gospel to them every chance you get. And let me just say, don't bombard them with the gospel. Don't hit them over the head with the gospel. Don't just beat the Bible into them as bad as we want to do that. We can't save anybody. God saves in his timing if he saves at all. And and I would just be clear, the Bible, I believe, teaches that God has chosen those before the foundations of the world, those who will be saved. And uh, if your spouse has been chosen by God, then God will save that spouse in his timing and not yours. So uh, be gentle, be kind, be loving, be patient. But every chance you get, preach the gospel, proclaim the gospel to your unbelieving spouse. Now, if you're both um, saved, that's great. Both of you need to be praying for wisdom. If only one of you are saved, pray for wisdom. You must have wisdom. We must not be selfish. Even if you have an unbelieving spouse, don't be selfish. Be a, a servant, as the Bible has taught us. So, believers, preach the gospel to the unbelieving spouse. And even if you both are believers, preach the gospel anyway, because we each need the gospel every single day. Pray for wisdom. It's free. God says he will give it generously. And don't be selfish in your marriage. Those are kind of the things that we've talked about on this episode so far. But I think those are, are things that could really cause us pause and, and make us think. And then pray. Spend time in prayer. Pray about these things. Pray for your spouse and begin to change some things for the glory of God. I know that just reading uh, through through this book alone, again, The Exemplary Husband by Stuart Scott, that there were some things that I read in there that that were just you know, jaw dropping, like, wow, I wish somebody would have told me this 18 years ago, you know, but I think we do the best we can. People do the best they can in marriage counseling and things like that. But it's really um, some things that we need to know is that our marriages are broken. Our marriages are fallen and we can make them good for the glory of God if we would follow the biblical principles and the biblical worldviews, which brings me to my last statement. I want to say this, and I will probably continue to say this if I do any more episodes on marriage, which probably will happen because that's what I'm just consumed with right now. Uh, and then then I've got a couple books right back over my shoulder here on parenting. I believe that's the expository parenting right there. Uh, I'm going to get into that next. So there may be some parenting episodes coming soon if that is something that you're interested in. But when it comes to marriage, again, we want, we need to go to the Bible. But one of the things that happens in marriages is we run to the text about marriage. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I, I think we miss a whole lot more than if we go to the whole counsel of God. If we see what God says about sin, what God says about forgiveness, what God says about grace, what God says about mercy, what God says about fleeing sexual immorality— if we would look at the whole counsel of God in our marriages, we would start to understand more about how and why our marriages are fallen. And then we can live according to God's standard and not just cherry pick those marriage verses that are in there that are good. But as married individuals, married couples, we need to go to the whole counsel. We need to go to the whole counsel of God and let God shape us the way that his word will shape us. Let us be conformed to the image of Christ. And if we do that, we will start to see our marriages strengthened. 
we will start to see our marriages be encouraged and we will start to see some joy in our marriages and we will stop being selfish. We'll be full of godly wisdom and we could bring God glory through that. So uh, I hope this has been somewhat encouraging to you on this first episode of marriage counseling, <laughs> again, from a biblical standpoint. Uh, so again, uh, preach the gospel to one another daily. Uh, ask God for wisdom. Don't be selfish and spend time in prayer together and look at the whole counsel of God in your marriage, not just cherry picking those marriage verses. And uh, may your marriage be for the glory of God alone. And I pray that God will shape you. He'll shape your marriage and you would have an awesome marriage. So uh, probably going to be a part two coming soon. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. But until then, thank you guys for watching. Thank you for listening. And until next time, God bless.